0: Listeners to yet another episode of the Through the Banner podcast. My name is Casper McLeod. Can you believe it? Back-to-back episodes, we actually have a co-host. This is Miraculous. Eli Duckson back on once again. Mate, it's a pleasure to have you back on. How have you been?
1: Yeah, been very good. It's been a long time coming, this one. Um, mm. Trying to make life work, essentially, as, mm. uh, I don't know, we're sort of out of COVID, but it still feels like it's uh, affecting us in In more ways than one, and I'm sure we'll touch on that again later. But um yeah, no, but we're coping. We're coping, albeit some uh recent performances.
0: Yeah. Well, let's get straight into that. Basically, dear listener, in case this is your first episode, first off, welcome. How are you doing? I hope that you enjoy. Um, please do feel free to check out the other episodes after you're done with this one, of course. Um, (laughs) Basically, there are three sections. Section one, we will review the round that's just been reached, give our top highlight, our top two highlights, top two lowlights, and if we want to, we'll throw in a surprising player or a surprising moment. Sure, why not? Um, second section, we'll discuss the main talking points to come out of the last few days of football. And third section, we will review, as uh, I preview round 18. Let's get into the first section. Eli, what were your top two highlights? What, it was a massive round of football. Lots of teams played very, very well. Lots of teams played shockingly. I'm curious to hear your answers.
1: Well, I think the most obvious one is the Noah Anderson goal after the siren. Um, I think that just goes without saying, no real need to, I mean, the whole win in general for starters, but then to be capped off with that with that moment was uh, fantastic. But um, my other one was probably an obvious one too, but North Melbourne's performance. Um, my girlfriend is a North Melbourne fan and I was at her house watching it with her North Melbourne supporting father. And um, it was good to see sort of him I guess still watching the game to the very end for starters. Um, Cause I imagine, or I know for a fact uh, being a Brisbane fan that there's a lot of tough times as a watching a rebuilding club um, and you want to support them, but sometimes it just, uh, it gets a bit too much. So that one was a really great game to watch and um, like they didn't get the win, but those are the kind of games that fans need to see. They've yeah. had the, from all reports, the, the longest consecutive streak of 40 plus point losses and, um, so fans need to see that. And um, in a rebuild, you're not going to win those games. Sometimes they, they might come off, but those are the games that eventually down the track, whenever that might be for North Melbourne, they'll come together. So, um, yeah, very good to see for them and um, positive signs for their fans.
0: I fully agree with you. What an amazing performance it was for North Melbourne. That was their best loss I think Doug's seen them have in them, having a long, long time. Unfortunately, Definitely. still 14 losses in a row. But positive 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 science for me it's got to be Geelong number one a lot of they must have had pardon the pun a lot of mental demons after last year (laughs) lost three games to to Melbourne um the last two in particular would have been mentally scarring that goal after the siren the capitulation in round 23 goal after siren Max Gorn and then that same player kicking five goals against you a few weeks later in the prelim final, and you lose by 83 points. Now, normally, a team does not bounce back very well the next season after getting smashed in, in a finals uh, in a finals game. And so the fact that Geelong now find themselves on top of the ladder, having comfortably beaten Melbourne um, without Tom Stewart is a testament to how resilient this football club is. I've written them off every single year since about 2017. And I think everyone has too. (laughs) Um, It can't
1: be this good for this long. It's got to die at some point. (laughs)
0: Exactly. I want to know what magic potion they've been drinking this entire time. Um, But yeah, no, it's, it's been, it's been a great season for them and that might possibly be their best moment yet. Um, Question still remains though, whether or not they can repeat that in finals. And for me, I was also gonna go with the Suns, but instead I'll go with the Sydney Swans. Uh, needed to bounce back after last week's shambolic capitulation against the Bombers. That's a good word, capitulation. I like using it a lot. Um, but it was, it, it, it was a collapse in in slow motion. Um the bombers conducted the last five goals in that game and they needed to start strongly and they needed to maintain that, and they did. Um it helped the fact that the dogs didn't show up like at all, but still the pressure that the Swans put them in and on paper, you would say the dogs have a better team, but the Swans just, it was, it was brutal. They bullied him. It was, it was an amazing performance from Sydney Um, and it should keyword should knock on wood at a Swan supporter guarantee them a spot in September. I thought that was going to be a lot louder of a knock. I don't know if you guys heard that, but I just knocked the wood on the bedside table here. Um, as for the lowlights. Oh yeah, it's probably you know what? No, I'm gonna say my low light, my low light is myself, right? And I, I apologize, Richmond fans. You know, everyone's complaining about uh Jason Castan Castagna, uh, about to say Casta, Jason Castagna um for that bad miss in the last quarter, uh Rewalt for that ridiculous attempted mark in the last minute, um, saw that. Lauder pointed out the fact that there was no one who defended Chol at the back of the contest with two minutes to go. Everyone went for the fly and nobody you know, got a fist to it properly, but it should be, it's me. I apologize, right? Richmond supporters. I'll explain why I tipped you guys to win. My dad, who is now 13 games ahead of me on the father son tipping competition. Uh, we really need a mercy rule for that contest. Um, <laughs> tipped the uh, sons to win. And about midway through the third quarter, which in my defense, Richmond were leading by 40 points. So, you know, I said to dad, uh, this is where I make my comeback. And then as soon as I said that, this, the Tigers just stopped. The Tigers just stopped. The Tigers thought that they had the points in the bag and got back on the plane back to Melbourne. And it was uh, it was a terrible collapse. And I'm really sorry about that, Richmond supporters. And then I did the same thing. To North Melbourne, and I'm really sorry, North Melbourne supporters. I did the exact same thing earlier in the day. I said to Liam Webster McAllister, who's the another co-host on this episode, uh, on this on this podcast, excuse me, who's a Collingwood supporter. He, um, I said to him at halftime, you know, of course, Collingwood's going to be the first team to lose to both West Coast and North Melbourne this season. Um, so yeah, I, I do apologise, uh, Richmond supporters and North Melbourne supporters, but Gold Coast supporters and Collingwood fans, you're welcome. Um, As for the second low light, uh, it's probably the second half of the St. Kilda-Port Adelaide game from a Saints perspective. Okay, yes, the umpiring was shambolic in that third quarter, but at the same time, you head into a halftime with a solid lead. You've been dominating the first half pretty much, Fremantle, are lucky 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 to keep in contact with you and then you just fall away to lead by 10 odd points or so and halftime and to lose by 41 in a game that the bookmakers they were like dead dead even these two teams i think they're a dollar 92 a piece gamble responsibly but they're a dollar 92 a piece and to choke the way that st kilda did they didn't even offer anything in that last quarter. It was a really disappointing performance. Take nothing away from Fremantle; it was a great bounce back win. But yeah, for me, it was just it was really disappointing. How about you, Elon?
1: Yeah, going back to the uh, the Richmond game, I'm uh, I'm neck and neck with my girlfriend in our competition at the moment, and <laughs> she went for the Suns and I went to Richmond, and I was oh. showing her that we weren't watching the game, but I had the phone up. I'm like, oh, look at look at the scores, you know. I was about to pull away from maybe get two ahead of her um which in tipping is is a good margin to have and sure enough I was I got a few messages in my group chat with a few of the boys and they said no way the Suns won that I was like what are they talking about like the Phoenix Suns aren't they're not playing basketball at the moment (laughs) the NBA in the summer league who cares and sure enough I was like man that is unbelievable so yeah uh, that wasn't great but anyway my low light um no sugar coating it uh, I'm a massive Brisbane fan. I keep coming back to that point every single time I'm on this podcast and the low light has to be said for me. Number one was Brisbane. Now, I know our outs were monumental. We had nine outs from our best 22 and um, four of them through injury. So we're going to have four anyway, and um, but another five through health and safety protocols. That's not my excuse. Our effort and pressure was just non-existent. All day, and maybe not effort because there were some players that put in that put in big efforts all day. But the pressure all around the ground, the same thing that Essen was being criticised for earlier in the year, and um, and still more recently, I suppose we were doing that to them. They were waltzing in out of our defence, uh, out of our forward fifty, and they were walking up to the goal line. And Peter Wright, who's been having a good season, he just had his absolute way with the Brisbane defence, and I'll accept. Poor chemistry when you've got nine pretty much new players coming into the side who haven't been playing every game this year. I'll accept structural issues when we have four or five of our defenders um, missing, especially experienced like Harris Andrews and Daniel Rich. Mm. But I won't accept the lack of effort and a lack of pressure because any player can do that. That doesn't take you playing every game all year. And in fact, there's probably more incentive for a lot of those guys because of, well, hey, here's an opportunity. I've got to create some selection headaches for the um, for the sort of uh, match committee heading into finals, you know, we're, we're still far enough away that um, there could be some changes. You'd hope not many for a top four side, but um, there could be potential shifts um, in your sort of bottom six players. But yeah, the effort was, was terrible. But one thing I would like to say is shout out to Carter Michael who debuted and kicked a very, very nice goal from Andrew uh, late in the game and, um, I didn't know a whole lot about him, but what what I did know, what a lot of Brisbane fans did know was he's a good ball used from rebounder out of the um, back line. So when he had ball in hand, I was like, have a shot, why not? But then off the boot, I was like, hang on, this is is sweet. So shout out to him. Um, But another low light, um, I I guess it's kind of self-explanatory, but three goals, 11 from GWS. Um, I didn't tip them to win the game, um, but it was one that they probably could have. Snuck through and I don't think anyone would have been surprised if they won that game. Um, even though it was away at Adelaide overwood, it was a tough ask. But three goals eleven. Again, as a Brisbane fan, I've experienced bad goal kicking. one that comes to mind was four goals 17 in a um against Richmond in a sort of must-win game when you want to beat the flag contenders. Um and when you're they're probably just that bit out of finals, but um games against Port Adelaide, you know, the Port Adelaide on that top four sided like they have been. It's a very winnable game and they were yeah, nowhere near it and they kicked themselves out of it. So those are my two lowlights, but the biggest one for me was Brisbane's effort, which, yes, I know I'm quite, quite favourable and fond of Brisbane, but um, you've got to go both ways as, as a supporter and um, it was a tough one to swallow. and we could have won that game. Uh, we gave ourselves every opportunity, opportunity, despite probably not deserving it, um, and to drop that game as we did Um, that was probably the most disappointing thing Um, i'll accept a a five goal loss if we put in a big effort Um, and it was just the outs that killed us but that wasn't it at the end of the day
0: i totally get what you mean with the inaccurate goal kicking believe me essendon if, 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 (laughs) if, if the premiership was awarded to the team who Misses the most amount of goals. I bet you Essendon would be like a solid top four contender at least, if not playing off for a grand final spot right about now. Even for Sunday's
1: game, I was nervous for you at the start. I I was like, oh, they're keeping us in it early.
0: I know. And like back in round two, when you guys beat us by 22 points from memory in Melbourne, we kicked. 10 goals, 15. We had three more scoring shots than you guys. Not saying, that he, start too. Not, not saying that you guys didn't deserve to win that game, but you know, you didn't deserve to win that game. Not <laughs> I'm joking. Let's get on to the uh, talking points. Now to start off with, let's talk about that Richmond choke. I want to ask you, Eli, in your opinion, just how much will Richmond's choke cost them come the end of the season?
1: Oh, look, as far as finals go, I don't think it's going to cost them that much. My opinion is they scrape in, but as we know, anything can happen with the season so far, but um, what it, where it could cost them is the difference between possibly a home elimination final or, um, or an away one, which we know at the MCG, they've got a big advantage, um, but their home ground, especially in recent years, we know is quite the fortress. Um, so... Yeah, I think they certainly scrape in. But if they were to miss out on a good opportunity to play a home final or play finals full stop, that's where you start to look at it. And the problem is, from now, the pressure starts to mount on every game. If they win that game, they're a game clear of St Kilda. Um, So they've got that, they've got a bit of breathing room. They can afford to drop a game. Um, They've got that up their sleeve. Not that you plan on losing games, but um, I think it's just the pressure's ramped up from here on in. So, I think it will be costly, but not in the sense that they won't make finals. I'm not as confident
0: as you are that they will make finals, and I'll I'll say that because looking at their fixture coming up, you would have thought that before the weekend there were a couple of easy games coming up. So they play North Melbourne around 18. They play the Bombers around 23. They play Hawthorne the week before that. You would have thought, okay, that's three easy wins. But all of a sudden, North Melbourne nearly caused the upset of the century by almost beating Collingwood. The Bombers are all of a sudden looking like how they were supposed to be playing at the start of the year. Thank you, Essendon, for giving me false hope once again. And Hawthorne, uh, yeah, they had a smashing win against Adelaide. I mean, who's going to stop Mitch Lewis? Dylan Grimes, the guy who dropped the ball with, what, 30 seconds ago, easy chest mark. And yes, I know it was very dewy, but still you got You got to take that, get your body behind the ball. I'll never forget my uncle saying, right, teaching me, you got to get your body behind the ball. If you go like this and out in front, which Grimes tried to do and you slip through the arm, it's just going to go to ground. If you try to mark it on your chest and it bounces off your chest, it'll still land in your arm. I don't know why he didn't do that. Um, and I don't even play footy. I haven't played footy since I was 17 years old. And I know that. Anyways, sorry, side note. <laughs> so, you know who they play aside from that? They play Fremantle. Good luck. They play Brisbane at the MCG. And I know what you're thinking, dear listener Brisbane at the MCG. That's going to be a cakewalk. I wouldn't be so certain about that. Brisbane, it's their last game at the MCG before finals football. Their last game, their previous match at the MCG was a disaster. They'll be coming out breathing fire. The Lions. They haven't beaten the Tigers at the MCG uh from memory I don't think they've done it this century actually um so they'll be eager to break that drought they then play Port Adelaide in Adelaide again good luck with that all of a sudden six games to go and the Tigers I think are with maybe the exception of the North Melbourne and the Essendon game genuine like 50-50 matches genuine 50-50 matches And all of a sudden, you're sweating on the Saints chasing you. Thank goodness for Richmond St. Kilda have a really, really difficult draw. The Dogs chasing you. Thank goodness the Dogs look inept. And the Suns chasing you. I mean, imagine if it comes down to the final round and the Gold Coast Suns, the team that came from 40 points down to beat you after the siren, pips you and finishes eighth, relegating you to your well-earned and well-worn position of ninth. Ouch. That would hurt a lot. So will this happen? I don't know. I probably don't think so. I do think the Tigers will get there. I think the top eight is pretty much locked. But the fact that it could happen is massive. And the fact that if the Tigers won, they would be in a good position to challenge for the top four. Now they're going to struggle to make the top eight. That's a catastrophic loss. So how much will it cost them? A lot is the answer to that question. Um, one team that is very Jekyll and Hyde. Their Jekyll is very, very good. Their Hyde is very, very bad. And I just dropped my phone on my foot. That really, really hurt. Ah, ah, okay, Eli. While I nurse this injury that I just gave myself, <laughs> I want to ask you: the Sydney Swans. They um, their performance is either very good or very terrible. They lost to the Gold Coast in a game that they should have won. They lost to Essendon in a game they definitely should have won. Um, But at the same time, they crushed St. Kilda and they crushed the Dogs. They beat Melbourne at the MCG. I want to ask you, just how high is Sydney's ceiling? How low is their floor? And perhaps most importantly, which Sydney team is going to show up in the final six weeks of the season?
1: I mean, they've showed that their ceiling is as good as anyone's. And beating Melbourne at MCG is probably the biggest factor in that. Um, but then again, like you say, they've had some disappointing losses. So um, from here on in, I think there's three games you can ex- say that you'd expect them to win. They've got North Adelaide and GWS, which again can go either way if they don't if they show up and play the the lower side of their um, level of footy. But um, but then they've got games against Freo and Collingwood. Um, so if they're going to bring the A game, it better be against those two. But that said. Um, they could lose an upset game, which could be the difference again. Like we're saying with Richmond, it could be the difference between the top four, um, top four finish, double chance, home final. Uh, like you say, I agree. The top eight is probably locked, um, unless something disastrous happens for a side. Um, but that said, um, I, I still see them challenging deep into deep into September because they've shown their best footy. is very tough to beat. Um, But the problem is now they've got to sustain it. So I think these last six weeks will be about them. Even if they're not playing, you don't have to play 100% every week and no one expects you to. But if you can at least maintain that 80%, 70% at the least, when you're coming up against the Fremantles and Collingwoods, who um, are absolutely danger games now, um, that that has to be sustained. And it it can't go away for, for periods of time. Um, against us, when we reversed them earlier in the year, we played probably our best game then, but they had five minutes after half time where they banged on five or six goals and it's like, well, there goes our comfortable lead. And they showed off the back of Buddy, um, of course, who still has to be one of the most exciting players and dangerous players in the game at, at his tender age of what, 34, 35. Um, 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. He's he's just about Jesus. Um so uh in, in more ways than one. So yeah, the their ceiling is so high. And if they can play that, they're gonna be a real danger to any side they come up against in in September. But the problem is they've just got to maintain it. And like I said, I think John Longmire is gonna have a big focus on that heading into the end of the year. Uh, Paul Bruce famously said, You're only as good as your bottom six. So it's about making sure there's consistent efforts across the field, and everyone's playing their role. Um, not everyone has to have twenty disposal, three goal games. Um, everyone has to play their role, and I think if if they can maintain that um, that level of uh, that level of consistency across the field, and um, yeah, discipline is the word I was looking for. Um, they should be able to maintain that high ceiling at the very least, um, probably seven tenths of their best footy.
0: I fully agree with you there. Praise be footy Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah. Look, which Swans team is going to show up? I feel like, you know, if you you can just toss a coin and you have a better chance of being able to tell that than the Swans do themselves, They play Fremantle this week in Perth. They haven't beaten the Dockers there since 2018, I think, 2017, 2018. The last three times they've played them in Perth, uh, a one-point loss in 2019 to the Swans, um, a three-point loss there last year, and sandwiched in between them, Fremantle kept Sydney to the Swans' lowest score since they were known as South Melbourne. That's how long it had been. Um, oh, look, I mean, it's, 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 and we'll get into the tips later, but it's such a tricky game for the Swans. And even with footy Jesus, you know, they're going to need a lot more than they're going to need a lot more than that. Going And they're going to need football Zeus and probably football Hercules and and all the, every single, every single DT superhero And preacher, teacher, prophet from human history, they're going to need that luck in Perth this week because the Dockers are just so difficult to beat in Perth and they're coming off a really, really, really strong victory and they're gunning for a top two spot. Um, After that, the Crows, they should beat them. But Adelaide, I mean, Taylor Walker depends. If Taylor Walker kicks 10 goals, I don't trust the Swans can kick high enough score. The Giants, the Swans and Giants games they are always, you know, really difficult to tip. Swans are doing really well. Giants are doing badly, but who knows? The Giants could easily win that. North Melbourne nearly beat Sydney and Sydney this year. So why not? They could beat Sydney and Melbourne. Um, they play Collingwood and then St Kilda. So who knows? The Swans could still miss finals football. It is entirely possible. But I think for me, ceiling this year is a semi final performance. So they'll, they'll, they'll win in round one and then they'll lose the semi final. Um, but they could miss finals altogether right? And they have to for the rest of the year and for 2023 onwards, they have to narrow the gap between their best and their worst if they want any chance of winning the flag next year. Um, Yeah, so next question. Now, with Brisbane losing Eli, I'm sorry to say, but the Lions now not only find themselves on equal points as Collingwood and the Sydney Swans, but also find themselves One game behind and a significant percentage behind Geelong in first, Melbourne in second and Fremantle in third. I want to ask you, with that little buffer, are the D's, the Cats and the Dockers a lock for top four football?
1: Absolutely absolutely i I don't think that can change and like i said it's going to take something drastic for a team to drop out of finals but it's also going to take something drastic for a team to drop out of that four um, or out of that three because uh brisbane is in a pretty dicey spot now um they've all got winnable games in the run home um but with that game clear now frio plays melbourne um in in the run home so even a loss to either side they're a draw i mean the draw happens and that they'll be just a most disastrous thing for teams trying to uh chase up and 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 work their way into that top two is, is probably the, the goal for teams, but um that top three. Um so but if either of those teams drop the game, which is you'd say 95, 99 percent likely, I guess, um, then Brisbane still have to make it up. Collingwood starts to make it up. Um and you say it was Sydney or Carlton, they've, they've still got to make that up. So, um, yeah, it's, I'd say they're a lock, um, in top four where, where they are, that could change. Um, but yeah, they've certainly done themselves no harm and Brisbane's done themselves the ultimate harm. Thanks to your boys in Essendon.
0: That's for 2001, by the way. So, <laughs> um, But no, for for, for me, I think I look at these teams and yeah, sure, they're only a win ahead. So anything could happen. And Melbourne have a really, really, really tough run home. Like really, really difficult, difficult, difficult run home. But with that being said, it's the football that they're playing, right? Not so much Melbourne because Melbourne are still kind of iffy. But I mean, we saw against Brisbane, it doesn't take much for Melbourne to rediscover that form, rediscover that spark. Geelong has a, I don't want to say a cushy run home but it's a cushy run home. They play, I think, their last three games in a row in Geelong. Um, And let's admit it, they're probably not going to lose any of them. They play St Kilda. uh, No, sorry, they play two out of their last three in Geelong. So they play St Kilda in Geelong, round 21, off my memory. And then round 22, they play the Suns on the Gold Coast, and then they play uh, West Coast. That game in round 23, Geelong versus the West Coast, that could break the margin for the biggest margin between these two teams. And that's saying a lot because the current biggest margin is 135 points. So it could be an absolute shellacking. Geelong, I think are locked in. They're playing really good football. They're missing their best player and they're still dominating teams. Fremantle, I like to see a little bit more consistency from them on the road. But aside from playing Richmond in a couple of weeks, playing Melbourne the week after that, they've got a draw that means they should finish inside the top four. I think out of any of those teams, it's Melbourne. Because Melbourne, they, they're stumbling at the moment. They've still got injuries to key players, players coming back. They're not gelling like they did last year. I could see the Demons possibly slipping out, but it would take something miraculous from, um, from first Brisbane to leapfrog them and then from someone like the Swans, the Blues, or the Magpies. Um, and I just can't see that happening. Now... I did touch upon the awful, awful umpiring St. Kilda versus Fremantle in that third quarter. How on earth does a St. Kilda player tackle a Fremantle player? The Fremantle player doesn't get boot to ball. It drops on the ground and then a St. Kilda player picks it up, takes one or two steps, gets tackled, does the exact same thing and it's holding the ball. Free kick, Fremantle. And then, yeah, sure, Dan Butler, you're an idiot. Don't do that. 50 meter penalty. Frederick Kissinger after the sign, margin extended. How does that happen? I don't understand it, but there were numerous, and I mean numerous examples across the weekend of just mind-boggling decisions, just baffling decisions. I remember this, I remember a decision so soft that went in Aaron Norton's favour. I literally thought that it was tissue paper. It was that soft. It was so soft that if you just, blew on it, you would blow a hole through it. That's how soft it was, right? How on earth did, and oh, Eli, it's been a problem all season. Everyone's been complaining about it. Not only that, but we still have massive COVID problems and unlike with West Coast, it is now impacting teams in finals football on mass. So I want to ask you, will this year's final series be impacted by bad umpiring and by horrible COVID outs, like massive, massive COVID outs, not just one or two players, but like eight, nine, 10, 11 players. And if so, to what extent?
1: Well, I think with the, with the umpiring, it has been terrible all year. And this weekend was probably the biggest sort of showcase, which is probably the worst thing. Um, But the biggest showcase of that, um, I, when it comes to finals, I hope they pull the whistle away a little bit. Um, pay the obvious ones, which is easy to say, but stop going on the technicalities of the rule book, which is, just gets more more confusing for the umpires. Um, there were some clearly poor decisions made by individual umpires, but um, it, it is a tough game to umpire. Um, I don't envy their position, um, but just all the technicalities like when a jumper gets tugged, in a slight passing moment, is that impacting the player's run or jump of the ball? Is that really stopping them from going? Are they dragging them down to the ground when they they got it, They got grab a bit of their jumper as they run past? Or um, I think the biggest improvement I've seen is probably in the free kicks from the ruck. Uh, this year, they've really reduced those because um, in previous years, you want to say the big men wrestle. No one really cares what happens in that ruck. The ruck is just so the ball can get back into play um, and if there's an obvious throw or, or something like a clothesline, it, no problem. But unless the player is genuinely impacted by an infringement, I think they just need to put the whistle away entirely for those ones because I've watched games, especially during COVID when uh, Fox footy was showing the old games from the 90s and even early 2000s. That was such great games to watch because it was just the players going at it. And yeah, there were less interchanges. There was a lot of other factors um, that made the game different. I totally get that, but there are a lot of free kicks that I go now and like, oh Jesus, if they didn't pay that, because we've become so desensitized to just really sensitive um and, and slight free kicks, like you say, very soft, get the marshmallows out. So it's it's been very frustrating and footy fans are saying it on every single forum you you read about and and then you listen to. Um people are feeling more and more disenfranchised with the game because it is just getting harder and harder to watch and and the AFL goes, why are the crowd numbers down? Why aren't people watching the game anymore? Well, look at that. Look at the price of the bloody food and the drinks at the ground and then and then come back to us with another question. But anyway, enough of the umpiring. This that could go on for a long time.
0: Well said. No, seriously, right? Honestly, well said. It's so confusing, right? I took a friend to the football for the first time. He's from Singapore, right? Never been to a football game before. I took him to a football game, right? Took him to a football game for the first time ever. And I was trying to explain the rules to him, and it dawned on me. I was like, no, it (laughs) is there are genuinely rules that if if right the same and it was to say, right, bad umpiring as always, if the level of umpiring in this game is the same as it has has been this year, I'm gonna be at a loss to explain it, and it's gonna be so embarrassing. I've been watching this game since I was nine years old, and I'm not gonna be able to explain a single thing about it. It's it's so frustrating, and there are so many great areas in this in in this sport now granted right i don't want to see it turn into the american football thing where every single decision you know our coaches can challenge mm. and and you know there's reviews and it'll take you know it's the four-hour coverage for a one hour game right i don't want to see that happening because it'll be so boring and so painful and one of the beautiful things about Aussie rules is how free-flowing it is right i get it don't do that but I'm just saying maybe maybe the problem is Is that the rules are too intricate, right? Maybe they're too intricate. Maybe the rule should just be right. Don't push a player in the back. What's a push in the back? Use your common sense. Don't tackle a player high. What's tackling a player high? Use your common sense, right? It's simple stuff like that. And and honestly, they truthfully, right? My main problem is, is that they bring in too many bloody rules, anyways. Like So every single year, new rule after new rule after new rule after new rule, the AFL had a perfect product, right? A perfect product. And yeah, sure, scoring was a little bit down, right? And fans complained about it. I take every single complaint back that I had about the game in the middle of the 2010s, right? When Hawthorne were dominating and there were low scores galore. I take that all back because the game was watchable. It was beautiful. And it's such a shame that this year the umpiring Is such at a shambolic level and crowds aren't going because it's such an even season. Like this is, in terms of evenness, this is the greatest season I have ever seen in my entire life. Truthfully, it's better than 2017, which was insane. It's better than 2016, which was also insane. Like anyone genuinely, right, has a mathematical chance of winning the premiership from first down to 12th. That's insane. That is crazy. Hell, somebody on, I'm on, I'm part of an Essendon Facebook uh, group, fan group, and they, somebody posted, they did the ladder predictor, but they had Essendon winning every single game, and if you move things around, Essendon still makes it, granted, with a percentage of like 83 (laughs) and on 11 wins, but still, like, that fact that that's even possible this late into a year that a team five and 11 can still mathematically make it is unbelievable what a year and the umpires keep screwing it up but i don't blame them i blame the afl stop messing with the rules let the let the rules sit let it simmer a bit okay and i understand i understand the rules i understand why they were brought in, but seriously arms out is not dissent right i get it don't yell at an umpire don't insult them right Don't threaten them. But you're allowed to shrug your shoulders. You're allowed to do that. right? It's an
1: emotional game. You're passionate.
0: Exactly. It's not like they're flipping the bird at them. They're just moving (laughs) their arms for crying out loud. What are we going to do next time we're at a nightclub and we see somebody raise their arms? Oh, sorry, descent. Got to get out of the club. Sorry. No, no, you're you're causing a racket. Get out of here. Get out of here. Right? Seriously. It's ridiculous. Next time you're in a car, somebody moves their hand. What? They're suddenly... They're suddenly flipping you the bird. They're suddenly, you know, it's, it, makes no, it makes no sense, right? It, seriously. And I'm getting, I am get so worked up about it, dear listener. And I'm sorry you have to listen to me ramble. I, If you're still listening to this, by the way, somehow, I love you very much. Thank you. But it makes no sense. Just simplify the rules, right? Just simplify them. Just use common sense. What is dissent? Use common sense. Because the thing is, Arms out, 50 meters, they're not paying it consistently anyway, so why pay it at all? Oh, I swear to goodness, the AFL had this perfect thing that they hadn't, they didn't need to do anything to it, like at all, they needed that nothing, nothing, it was great, and then all of a sudden, I feel like they took a sledgehammer to it, just to see whether or not they can make it more perfect. Anyway, sorry, big rant there. Now, on to the last section and the section that I'm most looking forward to because I hopefully won't have to rant and nearly give myself a stroke it starts off on Friday night football now the last time that these two teams played each other Eli it was the dogs by 111 points I want to ask you will the Saints be in for a world of pain once again or will the dogs officially lose their fight
1: well Casper I don't know Truthfully, I just don't know. I can't give you a good answer that I can stand by. Um, and to add to the confusion, I suppose, as well, dear listener, if you like us feel um incredibly frustrated with the state of the umpiring, especially, but um the, the visual of the game, take this time, pause, pause the episode right now, come back to us, but pause the episode and rant. Rant to yourself, get it out, because that felt great for me. I'm sure it felt really good for you, but oh man it feels so much I feel like I feel like I
0: massive weight at shoulders better like everything oh
1: yeah but back to the footy um look I think I've I've got to go the Saints because they've showed glimpses of better footy this year and they're they're at marvel no home ground advantage um for for the dogs and I've just been a bit more convinced by the Saints up to this point but you know what it's I, I just don't know I just don't know, and it, uh, that's probably the best thing about like the, the season at the moment, like you touched on. Um, it is pretty even, even with sides not competing for the sort of top two. You know, this isn't your Geelong-Melbourne game last week. It's not going to be that um, high stakes and uh, level of footy. It will be high stakes for both of your sides. You know, they've got to give themselves a chance at um, playing footy beyond or into September, but... Um, yeah, I've, I've got St Kilda only because they've shown me a little bit more this season.
0: Now, dear listener, we are recording this episode on Monday. Um, the official injury list hasn't even been released. They have released it every single Tuesday. It hasn't even been released yet, so we have no idea who's going to be available, who's unavailable for this, for any of these games, um, except for a couple of the big injuries to come out of the weekend, which we'll get to in a little bit. But for me, subject to change, Depending on teams, right? This is a really tricky game. The only reason why I'm tipping the Saints is because I think they have shown they've shown me more this year. I trust them better, which is not saying much because I don't trust them. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like they're in a better position. They're 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 on paper. I think the Dogs are a better team, but they seem like a lost football club at the moment. Ever since Luke Beveridge chewed out um, chewed out the reporter. Back in round one, I feel like the dog season is just—it's completely collapsed, and I feel like it officially the collapse will reach its conclusion on Friday night. Um, on to Saturday, this game now this could be very interesting. Adelaide versus Collingwood. Jeez, Collingwood were given a monster scare while the Crows almost exactly the same. Round seventeen last year, they get embarrassed by a big Victorian club in at Marvel Stadium. It's the exact same thing this time around. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if the Crows picked uh, picked this, but Collingwood, they know what's at stake. They're 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 a better club at the moment than Adelaide. I trust their players more, I trust their coach more. I'm tipping Collingwood.
1: I totally agree with that. I've got no uh yeah, no arguments against that. Um, I think especially now that they're um, with prison dropping the game, they're a chance top four. Um that that has become suddenly a very real possibility for them. And um, there's got to be more belief in there um, internally um, at, at Collingwood. So um, I expect them to come out and fully. And this is the kind of game that um, if you're going to make an impact into September, don't want to win this one comfortably. So um, Adelaide at Adelaide, it's a good opportunity to do that.
0: Now, subject to change. However, <laughs> the next game, GWS versus Brisbane in Canberra. Uh, according to Fox Sports, the Lions, quote, may lose a few more, 22 COVID cases. Yikes. You know what? And I'm probably not going to stick with this tip because once the teams come in, I'll come to my senses. I'm tipping the Giants. Why not? Disappointed performance, really embarrassed. They'll come out, they'll breathe fire. And I uh, Lions, they're, they're in a bit of a wreck at the moment with COVID. I'm tipping GWS.
1: Yeah, look, I don't blame you. And I was I was quite close to changing my tip to Essendon. Um sort of as as we lost more and more players. Um after those first teams of the squad got announced, we lost Andrews and we lost Noah Answorth. Um it became quite tough to to back us. And um, same with Essendon. GWS will have a feeling they can win because of the outs for starters. Um, but then also because Essendon showed that they can beat a um, Beat this Brisbane side and possibly a more depleted Brisbane side. So um, I'm going to stand by Brisbane because the only reason I didn't change my tip was because I would have been very disappointed with myself if we were to get up. Um, but I feel like this could be one for tippy competitions. A lot of people might be back in GWS because of the Brisbane outs um, or vice versa. I expected more people in mind to go for Essendon and they didn't. So hopefully now that with Brisbane's loss, um, there could be an opportunity to get one back for those looking for the point of difference. So um, yeah, look, we'll see when the teams come out. Um, I'm going to stand by to Brisbane for now because if uh, it feels blasphemous not to.
0: Mate, that is one loyal supporter there. Now, <laughs> North Melbourne versus Richmond at Marvel stadium, surely a straightforward game for the Tigers, right? Eli? Question mark. Missing all
1: men. You, you you'd totally think so. Um Again, being in the, tip, the position that I'm in my tipping competitions, I don't think I can tip um, North Melbourne because they had a very good opportunity to win on the weekend, um, obviously. But being five goals up at quarter time or four goals up, uh, three-quarter time, sorry, they, it was theirs to lose and they lost. Um, and I wasn't surprised, to be honest, but I feel like Richmond might make them pay a little bit more with, with their experience. Um, but like you said... Um, not a fully fit Richmond side. So it could go either way, but um, for the same reasons, I won't be when Collingwood and St Kilda. I just trust them a little bit more.
0: Now this, on the other hand, oh, right. I forgot to give my tip. I'm tipping Richmond. Now uh, <laughs> onto the next game. This one I'm really excited to talk about. Damien Barrett reckons that the underdogs could win this. It's Carlton versus Geelong at the MCG this time last year. The Blues and the Cats also played at the MCG and the Cats won convincingly in the pouring rain. This time around, you've got four of the best forwards in the competition this year. Hawkins, Cameron, Colonel Mackay, all on the same field. I would love football gods. Please, if you are listening to this, right, I have not asked for much this year, except for an Essendon Premiership. And you know what? You ignored that. And that's fair enough, because that was that was way too ambitious of an ask. I get it. But please, if you are listening to this for all that is sacred over over the over the relics of of football champions past, I will ask you, please make this a high scoring shootout. I would love it as a neutral supporter if the winner wins like 120 to 119. What a game that would be. What a game that would be a throwback to the olden days. Screw it, make it 150 to 149. Why not go even crazier than that? The highest score in aggregate, uh, the highest aggregate score in the history of the VFL, AFL is 327 points. Go for Brokes, you know what? Defensive coaches, don't show up. Backmen, don't show up. Let this be an old fashioned shootout. At the MCG, I would love it to happen. With that being said, though, I'm, again, subject to change. Tom Stewart being out, I think, is going to be a huge negative in this game, right? I get. I thought it was going to happen with Melbourne, but with Carlton's forward line, I'm going for the upset. I'm tipping the blues. That hurts me to say, but I am tipping Carlton to win.
1: Look, I, I'm going to have to agree with you. This was going to be my point of difference going into the game too. Um, I've got a few Carlton fans in one of my competitions, but I think majority of people will be going Geelong. Um, and I'm not going Carlton because um, it's my point of difference that I need to make up some tips, um, which is definitely part of the reason, I must, I must admit. <laughs> but but, but um, I totally agree with you. And um, it's hard to go against Geelong after the way they played last week. I was, I was able to sit down and watch that game. But um, yeah, look, I, I think Carlton can be a bit of a surprise packet. They've shown glimpses of inconsistency this season, granted, but I think they can really put some damage on quickly, like they showed against West Coast um, in the first quarter. I know it's not a massive um, achievement, and they did squander seven goals in the second quarter, um, but I feel like they'll be bringing the A game every week but when you come up against a big opposition, I think it just means that a little bit more, um, you're coming in a little bit more motivated, which um, we need to tell Brisbane to, to do that against the big teams in the big games. Uh, they've seen or forgotten to do that. But um, I, th- I think it's re- a very good opportunity for Carlton to state their claim in the top four. Again, like Collingwood, it's not, it's certainly a possibility. So I'm back in Carlton as well.
0: Mate, I love it. I love it. I love it. Just saw that Sri Lanka in their first innings scored 554 runs and my eyes nearly boggled out of my head. You know what? I hope that we get a high-scoring footy match like that on the, uh, on the <laughs> weekend. Um, now on to Fremantle versus Sydney, another great Saturday night game. Oh, wow. Eli, who are you going to tip in this one?
1: Yeah, another tough one, but I think you highlighted earlier. It's hard to go against Fremantle in Perth. Um I was I saw firsthand when they when they dismantled Brisbane convincingly, the crowd was just up and about. The crowd was raucous. Um, and I expect them to pile into up the stadium and see Fremantle win, hopefully in, in two great games for Saturday night footy. Um, but fingers crossed. So could go either way, especially like talking about Sydney's best footy earlier. Um, but I'm gonna go Fremantle just.
0: I like it. I'm tipping. Fremantle, too. Every team has a bogey team or two, and I feel like the Dockers in Perth are Sydney's bogey team. Um, very different than a few years ago when the Swans used to routinely crush the Dockers back in the simpler days when the Dockers were terrible. Ah, oh, the good old days. Anyways, um, but no, I think Fremantle is going to win, and I think it's going to be a good game of football. I wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to yet another shot after the siren. Uh, who knows, Buddy Franklin? You know what? Screw it. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with the Swans. Buddy Franklin. <laughs> 55 metres out, tight angle up against the boundary line, siren sounds, and he's going to kick it. It's going to be that beautiful uh, left-to-right arc to it. It's going to swing back in. It's going to be a magnificent goal, and they're going to burn down the stadium afterwards, Fremantle supporters. Um, On to Sunday. It's Hawthorne versus West Coast. Now, before the Eagles beat the Bombers, can't believe I reminded myself of that game, but before that happened, I originally tipped this game to be the upset, the second game, the way the Eagles are going to win. Now, the Eagles have been performing pretty well since their players started coming back, but they hit a massive roadblock after going goalless for a sorry scoreless for a half of football against Carlton, which hasn't happened in like 103 years. How do you how do, you do that? A, a half of football without scoring a point? A half of footy that I remember... Once when I was 12 years old, me and another mate, we were playing AFL Live 2 on the Wii. That's how long ago it was. AFL Live 2, that was the game. No AFL Evolution stuff. It was AFL Live 2. Me and my friend, we were having a game to see who can score the least points. And I feel like the Eagles were doing the exact same thing. But with that being said, do I trust the Hawks to win a game that they're expected to win? No, I don't. I'm going with the upset, obviously, subject to change, like everything. I'm tipping the Eagles to win in a nail biter.
1: You know what? I was actually going to go that as well. But for the sake of uh, making things a little bit interesting, I'm going to go Hawthorne. You know, um, shades of, I believe, 2015 are going to come back. Um, and I'm going to go Hawthorne convincingly. To go Ooh, you. I
0: like it. I like it. And by the way, I just saw your message. It was in fact a half because they were also a scoreless in the last quarter.
1: Oh, sorry. Okay. Right. Yeah.
0: Yep. Believe it or not. See, I do my research before this. Uh, <laughs> on to Sunday. It's in the Northern Territory. It's Melbourne versus Port Adelaide. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful red center getting what should be a really good game of football. Eli, can the power keep the ball rolling or can the deeds bounce back?
1: Nah, I've got the demons, I think now, especially as you get to the point into the year. Um, don't know what's at stake. And now um there's potential for them to slip out of the top two. So um I think they're just gonna be, I don't think there's gonna be any stumbling from them from here on out. They're they're too quality aside, and um, especially up at Darwin. I don't know if they've they've had port up there. Um sorry, is that Darwin or um Alice Springs? That's that's Darwin, isn't it? Uh
0: Alice Springs, I think. Alice
1: Springs there you go yeah um so I know Ports play there a couple of times against Melbourne um but um yeah now I've got Melbourne winning this one by I'm gonna go five goals I know they haven't given a margin but I think they're gonna run out and just uh run over Port Adelaide even though that margin doesn't signify that um it's gonna be a convincing win
0: I am gonna wrap this up quickly because my computer's almost dead uh There'll be a power outage. I'm tipping Melbourne to win comfortably, and quite possibly the most interesting game of the round: the red-hot out-of-nowhere bombers and the Suns, who finally managed to win a close game. I'm I'm torn. I'm tipping a draw. I'm tipping a draw. I know I'm not allowed to do that, but it's my podcast. I do what I like. What about you? <laughs> uh,
1: I'm going Gold Coast. I need my Queensland friends to keep, mm. get some revenge on Essendon. Um, <laughs> I know we, they're supposed to be our rivals, but that hasn't been. Let's be honest, that rivalry isn't exactly massive at this point Mm -hmm. in time. So um, yeah, I hope they get some revenge and uh, my girlfriend tells me that I look like Noah Anderson. So um, yeah, um, that's another reason for me to go, go go gold coast completely irrelevant to the way they play their footy.
0: There you go. I don't know. I can't see what she's talking about, to be honest. (laughs) That that
1: might just be me. Um, And now uh,
0: which game are you most looking forward to Eli? And which game do you think could be the biggest blowout?
1: Oh, I mean, take your pick on Saturday night, you know, clear your schedules, mm-hmm. don't go out, stay in, or if you're going to go out, go to a pub or a bar that's got the footy on, which will be most of them, in, especially if you're in Melbourne. Um, but, yeah, it's either of those games, it's Saturday night, that's what I'm looking forward to. That's my answer. Um, and I'm hoping I'm in better spirits after Brisbane win on Saturday Arvo. Um, <laughs> but my biggest blowout, I think, um, it probably goes to show with my tipping, but I think Hawthorne. Um, do I really believe it? No. I think every single game this week could be tight. Um, I think the obvious one would be the North Melbourne Richmond game, um, but yeah, I'm going to go Hawthorn uh, for, for no particular reason.
0: I'm going to say something different because I like to be different. I'm going the game I'm looking forward to the Dogs and the Saints. Two of the most success starved fan bases in Victoria. Two teams that have been massive disappointments this season for different reasons um that game should be awesome and I wouldn't be surprised if it ended in a draw or if it ended in a draw that'd be really interesting um but I'm tipping that game to be my game I'm most looking forward to biggest blowout I'm going for a surprise and Saint saying Melbourne against Port Adelaide do I believe it no but like like what you said anything can happen right this it, it's I wouldn't be surprised if there's no games decided by more than 20 points That would be an awesome round of football and football gods. Please, please, please do not ignore my prayers this time around. Okay. I promise. I promise I'll be a good, loyal, devoted follower Uh, and praise football. Jesus. Thank you, Eli, for joining me. (laughs) Good luck.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I think the theme of this episode is the, do we believe anything? Not really, especially when it comes to this football, this AFL season. So um, strap in, we've got a big sort of five, six rounds left um so yeah no thanks for having me it's been good to chat footy, you um and yes hopefully more luck for brisbane
0: thank you dear listener for listening to this episode of the through the banner podcast my name is casper mcleod i love you so much look after yourself drink plenty of water and stay safe wear a mask and until next week join me review round 11 at uh, round 11 round 11 Right, round eleven. That's a sign that the podcast should be should be finished by now. I'm just going to end it. I'm not going to finish that sentence. Right. See you later.